Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 393. It is Wednesday, July 7th, 2021. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and updates to the Kaseya attack. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. It is hump day, and we are halfway through the work week for some of us. We're getting there. We're approaching the weekend yet again. Exciting times. The weekend is when you need to remain more vigilant about cyber attacks. As we witnessed last weekend, if you're not vigilant, things happen. Um, not to say that it would have so, would have stopped the attack, the Kaseya attack I'm, I'm referring to, but that's, they purposely, these guys, these bad actors purposely do these things on weekends, especially before long weekends. Now, this isn't a long weekend coming up, but, you know, you still need to remain vigilant all days, every day, you know, five o'clock, don't just shut down on Friday. Uh, I digress. Where we listen to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be spectacular. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, you can go to Facebook and or LinkedIn, type get HIPAA compliance, get HIPAA compliance into the search and join the group. And so let's jump into it. We do have a bit of news today, so let's get into it. Um, first up on threat post, Western Digital again has a zero day, another zero day, or another remote code execution bug. We, may, You may recall, last, I think it was last week, we talked about People's Western Digital NAS. Um, there's a particular line. I can't remember which ones they were. Uh, My Cloud, that's what it was. Um, we're getting wiped remotely. And it was a bug. Turned out it was a bug. And I think if I remember correctly, it's one that's been around for a little while. Well, here's something else. Say hello to one more zero day and yet a more potential remote data death for those who can't or won't upgrade their MyCloud storage devices. Bad news comes in threes, most particularly for Western Digital customers, as if things weren't bad enough for the untold number of Western Digital customers whose data blinked out of existence last month. There's another zero day waiting for whoever can't or won't upgrade its MyCloud storage device. I mean, I don't know why you continue to use it at that point, but all right. The last zero day entails an attack chain that allows an unauthenticated intruder to execute code as root and install a permanent backdoor on the vendor's network attached storage NAS as you commonly refer to it devices it's found in all western digital NAS devices running the old no longer supported MyCloud 3 operating system an OS that the researchers said is in limbo given the western digital recently stopped supporting it western digital has said that its update MyCloud OS 5 fixed the bug Maybe so, but the researchers who found the OS3 vulnerability, Radek Dominski and Pedro Ribeiro, told security journalist Brian Krebs that OS5 has was a complete rewrite, rewrite, rewrite of OS3 that skewered some popular features and functionality. As such, not all users are likely to upgrade, a presumption unders, underscored by the many users who cited using OS3 in the support forum when the remote data wipe happened in June broke a lot of functionality, Demansky said of the OS5, as quoted by Krebs. Some 
so some users might not decide to migrate to OS 5. There is hope Domainsky and Ribeiro have developed and released their own patch that fixes the vulnerabilities they found in OS 3. One problem, it needs to be reapplied every time the device reboots. So that's not a lot of fun. But uh, if you're still using OS 3, which I don't know if there is an OS 4, and I don't use my cloud, so I'm not that familiar with it. I know what it does, but uh, that's about it. If you're still using OS 3 and you haven't upgraded, then you may want to do that. Microsoft pushes emergency update for Windows Print Nightmare Zero Day. This is on Bleeping Computer. Microsoft has released the KB5004945 emergency security update to address the actively exploited Print Nightmare Zero Day vulnerability in the Windows Print Spooler service impacting all Windows versions. However, the patch is incomplete and the vulnerability can still be locally exploited to gain system privileges. The remote Code execution bug tracked to CVE 2021-34527 allows attackers to take over affected servers via remote code execution with system privileges as it will enable them to install programs, view change, or delete data and create new accounts with full user rights. Detailed instructions on how to install these out-of-band security updates for your operating system. Um, they're included in support documents, so it's going to depend on what version of Windows you have. So it sounds like it uh, doesn't look like you can just download the update as you normally would. It looks like it's a manual update process. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That is, that is a lie. Yeah, so that is a lie. They, they will be available. In, in the updates for the remaining affected supported versions of Windows will be released in the coming days. Um, so the, most of the newer versions of Windows are, are covered. Any other supported versions are due to come out in the coming days. They even have some of the not supported versions. So earlier versions of Windows 10, Windows 7, Server 2008, all not supported anymore, are still getting the updates. I don't see Server 2012 on here. Nope, there is Server 2012. So I don't see 2016. That's the only one that's missing here that I see. So I don't know if they're going back to Windows XP. I would think probably not. But... Um, the patch only fixes the remote code ex or remote exploitation does not fix local, but obviously for obvious reasons, uh, the local escalation is a lot harder to accomplish. So you can apply this up in principle or on if you've turned it off. Let's face it. Most of you probably did not. U.S. warns of actions against ransomware gangs if Russia refuses. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says that the U.S. will take action against cybercriminal groups from Russia if the Russian government refuses to do so. Psaki added that the recent Revel ransomware attack on Florida-based IT company Kase is not yet attributed to anyone, specifically not the Russian government. It is Revel, so it probably is. She also said that high U.S. And Russian officials will meet again next week to address the recent attacks that have targeted U.S. organizations this year. We have undertaken expert-level talks that are continuing. We expect to have another meeting next week focused on ransomware attacks, the White House press secretary stated during a briefing on the Biden administration's policy agenda. As the president made clear to President Putin when they met, if the Russian government cannot or will not take action against criminal sectors or criminal actors residing in Russia... We will take action or reserve the right to take action on our own. 
Now, in this case, the intelligence community has not yet attributed the attack. The cybersecurity community agrees that Revel operates out of Russia with affiliates around the world. G7, or Group of Seven, leaders also asked Russia last month to urgently disrupt ransomware gangs believed to be operating within its borders after the seemingly endless stream of attacks targeting organizations from critical sectors worldwide. Earlier today, Kaseya said that the supply chain ransomware attack coordinated by Revel Ransomware group had limited impact as it hit fewer than 60 managed service providers using its VSA remote monitoring and management software. Revel claims to have encrypted more than 1 million systems in the large-scale supply chain attack and after initially demanding 70 million is now asking for 50 million for universal decryptor. And all the companies said the attackers compromised about 1,500 downstream businesses and this attack was never a threat nor had any impact to critical infrastructure. So a little bit of a war of words there. Um, 60 MSPs and 1,500 businesses, still significant impact in my opinion. That's just my opinion. But if you weren't one of the ones impacted, you probably don't agree with that. And if you are one of the ones impacted, you probably thinks, think it sucks right now. Hacker dumps private info of pro-Trump GETTR social network members. Newly launched social Site GETTR, which I have never heard of, but there you have it, suffered a data breach after the hacker claimed to use an unsecured API to scrape the private information of almost 90,000 members and then shared the data on a hacking forum. GETTR, I'm going to just call it Getter from now on, is a new pro-Trump social media platform created by former Trump advisor Jason Miller as an alternative to Twitter. As first seen by Alon Gal. Co-founder and CTO of cybersecurity firm Hudson Rock, a group of hackers found an unsecured application programming interface, API for short, that allowed them to scrape the data for 87,973 Getter members. After compiling the information, the data was published to a well-known hacking form commonly used to share databases stolen during data breaches. Hacker states they first utilized an unsecured API to scrape public profile data of Getter users, but it was later secured. However, another member of the hacking forum found another unsecured API that allowed the scraping of public information and a member's private email address and birth year. From samples of the data seen by Bleepy Computer, the scraped information includes a member's email address, nickname, profile, name, birth year, profile descriptions, avatar URL, background images, location, personal website, and other internal site data. While much of the leaked information is readily available simply by visiting Getter user's profile, a user's email address, location, and birth year is not publicly available. Bleepy Computer confirmed that accounts exist from a random sampling of email addresses contained in the leaked data. Bleepy Computer has contacted Getter regarding the leaked data but has not received a response. Microsoft 365 to let SecOps lock hacked Active Directory accounts. So Microsoft is updating Microsoft Defender for identity to allow security operations teams, SecOps for short, to block attacks by locking a compromised user's Active Directory account. Microsoft Defender for Identity, previously known as Azure Advanced Threat Protection or Azure ATP, is a cloud security service that leverages on-prem Active Directory signals to detect and analyze advanced threats, compromised identities, and malicious insider activity targeting enrolled organizations. After adding what the company called uh, 
need of response actions to the defender for identity, SecOps will have the ability to directly lock the Active Directory account or a prompt for a password to be reset, meaning more direct action can be taken when a user is compromised. Up until now, when a user confirmed as compromised in Microsoft Defender for identity, it's the Azure Active Directory account that is affected via conditional access rule as Redmond revealed on the Microsoft 365 roadmap. Defender for Identity native response actions are now under development, but the company plans to make the feature generally available worldwide to standard multi-tenants later this month. Microsoft Defender for Identity is bundled with the Microsoft 365 E5, and you can get a security E5 trial right now to try this new feature as soon as it is released. So we'll be trying it because we are E5 here at Nuage Tech. So I'll let you know how it works. And finally, some updates on Kaseya. We do have some HIPAA news too, but we'll get to that in a moment. But updates on the Kaseya incident from Friday, last week. Revel ransomware gang lowers price for Universal Decryptor. So they went from 70 million to 50 million. Uh, ransomware push against Kaseya Security Vulnerability CVE 2021-301116. Again, that's two CVE 2021 Three zero one one six two ones. The worldwide July second attacks on Kaseya Virtual System Server Administrator. That's what VSA stands for. Platform by this Revel ransomware gang turned out to be the result of exploits for at least one zero day security vulnerability, and the company is swinging into full mitigation mode with patches for the on-prem version coming soon, likely Wednesday or Thursday. Is said the VSA software is used by Kaseya customers. To remotely monitor and manage software and network infrastructure, it's supplied either as a hosted cloud service by Kaseya or via on-prem VSA servers. The attacks on the VSA, details on the multiple zero-day bugs believed used are, um, we have a list of them here, are now estimated to have led to encryption of files for around 60 Kaseya customers using the on-prem version of the platform, many of which are managed service providers who use VSA to manage the networks of other businesses. That MSP connection allowed Revel access to those customers of customers, meaning if if I was a Kaseya user, Kaseya client, and I had an on-prem server and they compromised that server, they then compromised my customers. And there are around 1,500 downstream businesses now affected, Kaseya said in an updated rolling advisory. It's estimated that more than a million individual systems are locked up, and Kaspersky on Monday said that it had seen more than 5,000 attack attempts in 22 countries at that point. VSA server is used to manage large fleets of computers and is normally used by MSPs to manage all their clients, explain researchers at TrueSec. Without separation between a client environment, this creates a dependency. If the VSA server is compromised, all client environments managed from this server can be compromised too. It added, additionally, if a VSA server is exposed to internet, any potential vulnerability could be leveraged over the internet to breach the server. This is what happened in this case. The threat actor and affiliate of Revel Ransomware as a service identified and exploited a zero-day vulnerability in the VSA server. The vulnerability was exploited to introduce a malicious script to be sent to all computers managed by the server, therefore reaching all the endpoints. The script delivered the Revel Ransomware and encrypted the systems. Thus, while customers wait for patches, all on-prem VSA servers should continue to remain offline until further instructions from Kaseya about when it's safe to restore operation. A patch will be required to be installed prior to restarting the VSA and set of recommendations on how to increase your security posture. Well, I can tell you one of those is not keep your VSA server 
facing the internet. Uh, again, Revel did lower the ransom demand for a universal decryptor, but individual businesses have been reaching out to Revel to negotiate their own ransom payments. I'm going to guess that those people are probably going to go to other vendors in the future. The attack itself appears to be more akin to the Asselian attack. Um, Kaseya is saying it's not a supply chain attack, which based on what I'm reading here, that makes sense. So they didn't didn't compromise the code and then have it pushed out to its clients. It was a vulnerability that they found in the code and then exploited that vulnerability. So that not something that they made vulnerable. It is something that they found on uh, doing search or you know, not search, but you know, looking for vulnerabilities. Um, so I guess it is kind of a, a search. So it's not like the SolarWinds supply chain attack. It just looks like it was because of the way it worked. It's more like a Celion, which we've also talked about quite a bit. It's legacy. I don't know if you call it legacy, but similar. It's it's code that that was trying. They were trying to update so that it wasn't vulnerable. They didn't unfortunately get to it before the attackers did. And again, I told you we had some HIPAA breaches to talk about. And Ohio State University's pilot program to help veterans recover from post-traumatic stress disorder and other mental health issues was breached and the personal information of patients has been compromised according to a recent NBC4 Investigates report. OSU Veterans Neuromodulation Operation Wellness, now for short, pilot program was shut down permanently on June 15th, but prior to the closure, a data breach occurred. OSU explained in its notification letters affected individuals that the breach was detected on April 24th and occurred between January 25th and March 4th. NBC4 Investigates spoke with one veteran who received a June 14, 2021 notification letter from the Office of Compliance and Integrity informing him that his name, address, social security number, and medical history may have been compromised. It is currently unclear how many individuals have been affected by the breach. The Veterans Now program was paused on March 2021 for a week with the program's lead doctor placed on leave. The program was then re restarted without the lead doctor, but it was shut down permanently on June 15th. An OSU spokesperson said the shutdown was due to non-compliance issues. It is unclear whether those non-compliance issues were related to the data breach. Physicians Dialysis is alerting certain patients that some of their protected health information was potentially been was potentially compromised as a result of a security breach. Unusual activity was detected in its systems on March 21st, and an independent cybersecurity experts were engaged to assist with the investigation to determine the nature and scope of the breach. The, that investigation revealed unauthorized access to database containing the protected health information of current and former patients, including names, addresses, birth dates, medical information, social security numbers, health insurance information, and claims information. It took until June 22nd to identify affected individuals and verify contact information. Notification letters were sent to affected individuals on June 25th. Individuals whose social security numbers were compromised have been offered complimentary credit monitoring services through IDX since the breach was discovered. Physicians Dialysis has implemented additional security measures to prevent similar breaches in the future. Um, discovery Practice Management, a provider of administrative support services 
to Authentic Recovery Center in Cliffside Malibu facilities in California has announced that unauthorized individuals gain access to the email environment and maintains for those facilities. Suspicious email activity was detected in the email environment on July 31st of last year. An investigation was launched which revealed that there had been unauthorized logins to staff email accounts at both facilities between June 22nd and June 26th of 2020. The accounts were immediately secured, and a third-party cybersecurity firm was engaged to investigate the breach, but it was not possible to confirm whether protected health information in the accounts was viewed or exfiltrated. Protected health information potentially compromised included names, addresses, and dates of birth, medical record numbers, patient account numbers, health insurance information, financial account payment card information, social security numbers, driver's license number, and clinical information such as diagnosis, treatment information, and prescription info. Company said in its breach notification letter to the California Attorney General that it worked with both practices to confirm the, pro- the contact information for 13,611 individuals whose information was potentially compromised. That process was completed on June 2nd. Affected individuals have now been notified and have been offered a complimentary one year membership to credit monitoring and identity theft protection services. Discovery Practice Management does not believe that attack was conducted in order to steal patient information. Rather, it was thought to have been part of an attack to divert invoice payments. So more of a business email compromise type thing. An email error has exposed the email addresses of hundreds of one medical patients. One medical sent emails to patients, asking them to verify their email addresses. The email addresses of patients were not added to the BCC field of the email and instead were put in, to, in the to field, which meant they could be viewed by all individuals who were sent the email. Now, this is a HIPAA breach because it's it's healthcare with 981 email addresses visible. Um, some of the people that received that email went to Twitter to complain about it. However, I, I find it annoying that any business does this. Like, any, why would anybody copy instead of BCC? You're sending a list of email addresses to people that people may not have. People may not want other people to have. So something to think about whether you're in healthcare or not, learn to use the BCC field when it's when it's appropriate. And finally, People's Community Health Center in Waterloo, Iowa, has discovered the email account of one of its employees has been accessed by an unauthorized individual. Suspicious email activity was detected in the email account on March 22nd, and third-party cybersecurity experts were engaged to determine the nature and scope of the breach. The investigation confirmed that a single email account had been accessed by an unauthorized individual between March 18th and March 22nd. A review of the emails and attachments in the account was completed on May 24th and determined the following types of information potentially had been compromised. Names, addresses, social security numbers, dates of birth, driver's license numbers, state of identification numbers, state identification numbers, sorry, medical diagnosis, medical treatment info, health insurance info, payment card numbers, and or card CVV expiration dates. Affected individuals are being notified by mail and steps have been taken to prevent similar breaches in the future, including reviewing and enhancing policies and procedures and providing further workforce training. Um, so this occurred in March. It is now July, so it's been almost four months. You did not meet the 60-day requirement there. And it's, you know, most of these are failures at some point, at some level. Anyway, so that is going to do it for this edition of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.